You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do, or you can wait and get it late. On every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Oh, that was a rough intro. That was a rough one to get through. I I, I couldn't have guessed I wouldn't have guessed it. I I forgot no? okay. that that's how it's that that's how it starts. Would so. you call me a consummate professional then? You you very much you know, that's how <laughs> I introduce you to my friends. Is I'm like, yeah. have you met Mike, the consummate professional? Yeah. Podcast. Well, I mean you have to you have to say it's kinda consummate professional what you know like you could be a consummate professional chef be a very different thing from podcasting uh anyways that's uh that's that's fair we've already been podcasting for like half an hour um can you tell uh (laughs) i feel like that's a good thing whenever no no it is a good thing it's just it it, that i i the the conversation that the uncut audience is going to get to hear at the end of this is heavy. It's a little bit. It's a little tough, but I. I but it's a good one. Um, is is it is it worth the ten dollars? I think it is. I uh, obviously not ten dollars an episode. It's ten dollars for the month. But uh, it's even less if you if you pay for the whole year because you get a discount. I don't know. We don't talk about that enough. Um, Patreon added that ability for you to pay annually, and for you to put a discount on annual payments. So I uh, yeah. I mean, like you can get you can get it for cheaper by paying for the whole year. Um, I don't know how I feel about that though. Cause I like, I like the cash flow of the money coming in every month, but um, otherwise, I, you know, I will we'll say I'm having that, like that, what you've just pinged on there is my life issue as an adult right now is being like, do I, is it better for me to be paying in large chunks into my RRSPs or to keep <laughs> like the cash flow like regular throughout the year for i don't know i just feel like that's the right your amortization schedule of life is it better to have to budget from the beginning or anyways i would say that with uh with money it is good to be in a habit of saving because otherwise what you end up doing is uh uh planning to save for a rainy day and then the rainy day comes and you haven't saved um <laughs> yeah i will say so i'm i'm a superstitious person in weird ways like in for very specific things like i won't change my calendar until the day that it actually is like even if i yeah. know even if like tomorrow is march i'm not gonna and it's not today is march but it's like i won't flip the calendar before the day anyways i will say that i feel partially responsible for covid because <laughs> i in planning for the Disney trip that we were supposed to take in 2020 gave you money 
in yeah. February of 2020. Yeah. Planning for the trip being like, I'm going to give like little increments of money so that then I make the burden of saving onto Mike. And so it's just like, it's just like a, a thing where it's like, I, I jinxed it by trying to like plan, like, like give money for a specific thing that hadn't quite come to fruition yet. I don't know. It's just like a weird, like, so I have like, I don't know. I know. I don't know where, where I'm going with that. It was just like a thing that I like have been thinking about recently where I'm like, man, I wonder how much I just yeah. are like trip to Disneyland by trying to like be proactive about saving for it. Yeah. So. I think, I think you're blaming, uh, uh, the, the inevitability of, uh, uh, uh a global economy and uh, <laughs> and and a shrinking world uh, on your inability to save money. Um, yeah, I, isn't that how it works? Yeah, what you're saying is <laughs> is I can't put money away because if I do, global pandemics happen. Exactly. Um, I really don't think that that's the case, and I know that you don't think that that's the case, but I know that you also kind of think that that's the case, <laughs> right? And I the. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast with you, Amanda, is giving the rest of the world, or at least the people who listen to us, this view into what I have to kind of put up with being your friend <laughs> from time to time, and certainly vice versa, right? Yes. Like me saying something like yes. that is what you have to put up with. <laughs> but uh, but it certainly it certainly makes it easier to hear you say that. Cause it, cause I do just want to like, I just, I just want to just roast you for it. Cause it's the stupidest thing ever, <laughs> but I know that, you know, but also I know that like you, are, like, this is a, a good example of schadenfreude where you're like, allow me to, uh, to, to look in the mirror and be ashamed of myself in order that uh, maybe some people will find some amusement out of it so I that know. at least then that's happening. Exactly. I, you know, it's a, you're, you're a very complex person. Amanda. If not, if not to give other people pleasure, what is my misery even for? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, the, I <laughs> so you're the, in this context, you are the crying clown, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, was, uh, pa pa Pagliacci, is that the right reference? Yeah. I have no idea. I vaguely, you said crying clown and I'm like, that sounds like vaguely something I should know. And then you specified it. And I was like, maybe I should it's an look opera up. reference. Yeah, I know. I have <laughs> like 10 minutes. We're not even 10 minutes in. We're like five minutes into this episode. <laughs> and I just made an opera reference. Whoa. And, and I know that it's an opera reference. I've never seen an opera in my life, but, but this is, these are the things that frustrate the hell out of crystal is that like, for some reason, I just, I just have this knowledge. It's just in there. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I, I walked into a room and people were having a conversation and for some reason I remember everything that they said. Um, yet, uh, when she tells me that, uh, that, uh, I need to do something on X day, I don't bother to remember, but I, I, yeah, I, she is, she is often, I uh, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but it's it's a it's a source of consternation. Uh, oh, I love I, that word. Million when I word. start talking so about good. something uh, with knowledge that makes no sense, um, not like, that the knowledge like, but it's just like, why do you know that? Why do you know? Like, Wait, I, because I, don't know. I feel like sometimes we're just attuned to pop culture in a way that like I was thinking about that the other day. There was something super random that I was like, how do I have this knowledge, even though it's not something that I ever like would enjoy 
but it's just yeah. like it's just like how stuff comes to me. I did I did watch I tried to watch Newsies because again I was trying to figure out all the new stuff on Disney Plus, and I know that Newsies isn't new to Disney Plus, but I uh little mini Christian Bale is in Newsies, which is cute, and I didn't realize. Um, but uh, anything that was made prior to two thousand and four is super slow so it was real hard <laughs> like i got through like 15 minutes of it and i was like nope but yeah but i tried so there's also the broadway musical performance of it that's on Netflix, i know and this on is the thing Disney Plus as well. is that i had been not wanting to watch that because i was like oh, i have to watch it in person and then i had to i asked my google which came first, the musical or the movie? And it turns the out movie the movie came, came, first. came first. And so I was like, well, that means I can watch the movie. So then I does tried, the movie tried to watch does it. the movie have songs? The movie has yeah, songs, the movie's though. a musical. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The movie is a musical. Okay, and, which I kind of um, like when that com- when that happens when like the movie comes first as a musical. Like it's I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah, you know what I, I don't, couldn't I, find. I couldn't find. I was trying to find the Hannah Montana movie on Disney Plus, and I couldn't find it. Is it not there? Oh, no, wow. The Hannah Montana series is there. But I can't but find not the, the movie. movie. And I'm like, it's maybe. Weird. There's yeah. weird stuff like that on Disney Plus all over the place. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen Newsies since Newsies came out on home video, Whoa. like VHS cassette tape. And I don't really remember it. But I, like, I know that I've seen it, but I don't really remember it. But I did watch. Uh, this is such a random thing. This was like. I guess this was like, like pretty close to the beginning of of quarantine maybe it was even before quarantine last year um there was a morning where for some reason i think cassie woke up at like six o'clock in the morning screaming and so uh, at that point she was still sleeping in our room um like her crib was still in our room and uh and so i was up super early and crystal was up super early and she put on newsies (laughs) like the but not the movie the the, the, musical. the Broadway one, the oh, musical, wow. which actually like the one that's it's not actually it is the Broadway musical Newsies. And it is. I think it's almost all of the original cast. I think that there's a couple of people that don't that didn't come back for it, but it's actually a production from not that long ago in Los Angeles. Interesting. <laughs> so all of these actors that were the appropriate ages when they were performing it on Broadway, like when like they, I think they were in like their twenties when they did the, the, the filmed version of it are in like their (laughs) thirties. So it's like, you got all these like men, uh, just pretending to be, uh, teenage boys. It's, uh, it's interesting, but I watched most of it and then I don't remember what happened, but it was like, we moved on with our day and uh and and i and i have not gone back i have not finished the last 10 minutes of that movie i don't know if everybody is okay i don't know uh i don't know what happened to the 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 kid with the crutches and if they ever made it to california (gasps) see Uh, i didn't get that far in the movie i didn't know that they were supposed to go to california i i like stuff that's based on on real things though which is kind of cool so i feel like i will maybe make my way back to newsies but it just it seemed pretty depressing so yeah, it's definitely a bummer. It's definitely a bummer when you're like, oh, so these kids had to work these jobs because they lived on the street, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what it's about. It's about street kids selling newspapers and being exploited. Uh, like, it and just, being exploited, <laughs> like... and yeah, not and and 
and union busters coming and beating the crap out of children because they didn't want them to unionize. Yeah, so, like it's yeah. I don't no, know. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, Newsies is not an it is an uplifting story that is not at all uplifting um, and just reminds you that humanity is awful. But it's a musical with little Christian Bale. So but they sing and they dance and they do those they do those little kicky turn things, you know, in yeah, the air. Yeah, change. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. With the like. So something, too, that's I think interesting about Newsies is that like very few community productions will put on Newsies because it's just so hard to find that large of a male cast in any community like like yeah. like theater community. It's just yeah. all the girls in the. It's OK. You room. just you just you just put all the girls hair up in buns and they're wearing those yeah. little hats and then it's fine. Yeah. I. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem putting together a production like that. Um, but uh, but I can see how some less enlightened individuals would have that issue. Uh, <laughs> well, more just like is nicer for like, you know, more diverse casting for like roles for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, I, I am of the opinion that anybody should be able to play uh, uh, any part within certain parameters <laughs> obviously we don't want white people playing uh black characters or yeah. or that sort of thing but but like i uh, but in terms of like men women like i don't i don't think that i uh, i we should conform to those binaries when when casting theatrical productions because I, I mean, like Shakespeare didn't for different reasons, but I <laughs> very much for like <laughs> the opposite reason, <laughs> but I think that we can take some inspiration from that and make a good thing out of a bad thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and say, you know, like if I, if you want to do a production of Romeo and Juliet where, it, you know, you, you, you flip the roles or I, or, you know, I, with the the uh, the the movie Romeo and Juliet, the I uh, I uh, uh, Mercutio is I. Uh, there's some gender fluidity in that role, <laughs> in that interpretation. Um, in which one? And, uh, in the 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 um the Leonardo Di DiCaprio one. Oh, oh okay. I didn't. Um. I didn't, yeah, because he's. I can't remember the actor's name. He's I. Uh, he was on Lost. Um, oh but that plays mercutio and he i think for like the masquerade party he dresses as a woman but then like in the scene after right in his death scene right the, the scene where he dies sorry spoilers for romeo and juliet um where <laughs> mercutio, mercutio dies. dies i he like he plays into some of the dialogue and adds like this other layer to it because he's not I, I, if Harold I remember, it's been Perino. a really long time since I've watched it. Harold Perrineau? Yeah, thank you. He's not he's not fully dressed as a woman anymore, but he's still kind of like he's got the makeup on and stuff. Um, so there's like a I can remember it being like a not controversial thing, but just like a like a, a topic of conversation hmm. when uh, when that came out. Um, so I don't know. I would need to watch it again to to really make an analysis of that. But uh but yeah, I, mean, I have I, a I, real soft spot for this. Oh my gosh, I forgot Paul Rudd was in that movie. Paul Rudd is in that. Paul is Ro in Romeo and Juliet as Dave Paris. I think he plays Paris, man. Oh what? man, what? I think that I think it's time to rewatch. Like dust that off. Yeah. 
I love the only person I really remember from that movie is John Leguizamo. I even like, like, am looking and I'm like, oh yeah, Claire Danes. <laughs> like I know, yeah. I know that it was Claire Danes, but still, it's like John yeah. Leguizamo is um, Tybalt, Tybalt, right? Tybalt. Yeah, Tybalt. yeah. Uh, hey. Uh, in case you guys uh, forgot, Amanda and I are huge Shakespeare nerds, <laughs> yeah. and this is Any always the danger to... whenever Shakespeare gets Together. brought up that we will just fall down this rabbit hole yet again. Oh yeah, Jesse Bradford is in this movie too. Oh man, <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. It's a great. I just uh, I interpretation. do. If you can keep it interesting, like I just think the thing that I love about it is that they kept it all their original dialogue, and like that. Yeah. That is like the because it's just such a I don't know I just I just I do quite like they, it, it, like yeah no one else they has made quite it, done a Romeo and like no one else has quite done a Shakespeare in the same way that's made it actually like palatable because like Much Ado about nothing like the 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 Whedon Much Ado about nothing was all right but it could have been so much more interesting and I love Much Ado Much Ado is like my favorite Shakespeare play mm-hmm. and it just wasn't quite like I like uh, it just wasn't quite. I don't know. I just, I want to see another, I think it's time for a, another, like, not, they don't have to do Romeo and Juliet again. Obviously there's so many better Shakespeare, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare plays to choose from, but I feel like the world is ready for another edgy rework. Of you, you know, you know what happened is Kenneth Branagh stopped making them. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, like I mean, that one is, um, who, who directed that? Baz Luhrmann, man. Baz Luhrmann, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I but yeah, Kenneth Branagh was kind of banging that drum by himself for a while of like, I'm just gonna do all of the Shakespeare and I will star in all of them. I there's the uh, uh, Richard the Third uh, starring Ian McKellen that's really really good as well. Oh my um, gosh, there's a Romeo and Juliet starring Haley Steinfeld. Is there? Ooh, wow! Apparently. Yeah, apparently there's a a new Romeo and Juliet that just recently came out. It does look like it's modern. Does it look like it's modern? Nope, it doesn't. I thought it was. Wait, I can't tell. It's a close up of the two characters. The oh no, it looks it's old school. Okay, it's not a it's not a. Is this the is there 2013 or 2014? Yeah, yeah 2013. Interesting. Interesting. Uh. Ooh, ooh! That hey, how idea. topical are we? Looks like there's an updated modern adaptation of Romeo and Juliet set to premiere on April fourth, twenty twenty one. It's there you go. Interesting. Uh, I do. Love, I do. Love and it. who's in that? Who's involved with this? Oh, Where's Josh it gonna O'Connor. Be? I don't know who that is. Um, sorry. What is he from? That is something that people would know. He's. In the crown, Emma, Emma, yeah, he plays Mr. Elton in Emma. You wouldn't know that, but that's how I know. That's sure. how I recognize yeah. him. You're right, I wouldn't. Is he? He recently was in Emma as Elton, and Elton's the worst character. So I, I feel like it's going to be hard for me to sympathize with him in any way. Oh, hey, don't, don't he forget Prince one Charles. Of, he played Prince Charles in the Crown. On the Crown, uh, don't forget one of the most important interpretations of Romeo and Juliet: Romeo and Juliet. No. Uh, no, I will say. Uh, <laughs> no, we can forget that one. It's okay. I will say the zombie one is one of my faves because it's a stealth adaptation uh, of Romeo war- and Juliet. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. Because yeah. you don't realize until halfway through that it's Romeo and Juliet when they yeah. have a balcony scene and somebody's named Paris, and you're like, oh, "What <laughs> is that? Is the the balcony scene? If I remember right, doesn't he like? 
uh, take his ear off and throw it up. That's something, her. yeah. Like there's something really yeah, like there's something about like he can't hear her, and so it's yeah. like he like pops his ear off and throw. Uh, yeah, Warm Bodies is a great movie. That's a, that is a that is a very good movie. Yeah, I very much. look listen. We were gonna focus tonight. <laughs> well, we can't we, we can't fully focus. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be a Thunderquack podcast. But we this can. This is true. This is true. Now we, we, we really need to. I actually we don't. I I want to say that we need to. Man, there are a lot of productions of Romeo and Juliet <laughs> on IMDb. I I want to say that we really need to just do like a Shakespeare episode, oh. but I also don't want to because when we try and do that, when we try and focus our energies on something <laughs> like that, it always ends up feeling forced and doesn't work. Yeah, and it's always so much better when we just like talk about Shakespeare in the middle of a Lois and Clark podcast. <laughs> essentially procrastinate <laughs> the actual topic yeah. by talking about this other thing i i i do i want to watch this Haley seinfeld production you know though. you know who would have done great superhero movies is shakespeare like he was he was yeah. lowest common denominator enough and epic enough that he would have totally been a rad yeah. comic book like movie writer. the the mcu is the modern Shakespeare and I, and yeah, I'm on board with that. And I think, and I think that star Wars was the Shakespeare of the seventies and eighties. Um, and it's like, like these, these things that they, I uh, transcend their medium and, and become part of culture are, are that like, that's what Shakespeare did. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and whether or not like it's uh, people you get into conversations about Shakespeare and it always becomes like like well you know he probably didn't even write all of those he was he was like stealing them from other people and I was like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because I Kevin Feige didn't write all of the MCU movies (laughs) right but history will not look back and go like oh man Scott Derrickson who directed Doctor Strange <laughs> right like no one's get people don't even remember that he directed Doctor Strange now I've never heard the name Scott Derrickson before yeah so exactly exactly so. but you know exactly who Kevin Feige is because yeah. he's the master storyteller yeah. behind all of it and I imagine that Shakespeare was the same guy similar he was yeah. the same guy when he was alive where it was like did he write romeo and juliet as well as hamlet as well as richard the third as well as much ado about not-? like maybe maybe he did maybe one guy wrote all that stuff and and that would be incredible but uh is it more likely that that he was just a really really great producer i uh, i think that's probably a lot more likely <laughs> interesting you know and his name gets attributed to all of these different things because that's how history remembers it and we know that history is not a reliable narrator (laughs) Um, i will i will say i am now like scrolling through this realizing that the early 2000s was when they decided to do a lot of shakespeare like movies like oh came out as well well and i remember that one because i was like the i think julia styles was in that one and then but then i like went down this thing and i was like oh like the actual like kenneth branagh othello is uh Lawrence Fishburne, which is rad. I don't know. I don't like um, Othello or Hamlet. Is that the one? Is that the one with Keanu Reeves in it? No, uh, Keanu Reeves is in The Much Ado About Nothing. Wait, but that's the Kenneth Branagh one, right? The Kenneth, the Kenneth Branagh Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Keanu Man. Reeves is in. Yeah, he that's is very one. pretty in that movie. 
It's that's such a fun because Keanu Reeves is in that one, and that's the one with um, oh the the guy that plays the idiot with the horse. Uh oh, um, <laughs> the idiot Beetlejuice. with the horse. Beetlejuice. <laughs> like, sorry, the like the role in Much Ado is like he he makes yeah. the guy come after him with the with the with the Michael horse. Keaton. Yeah, Are Michael you saying Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, I'm saying Michael Keaton is the word I was looking like, for. Like if if but without context, <laughs> <laughs> the idiot. The idiot with the horse, Beetlejuice. I'm like, there's no, there's no, no horse in Beetlejuice. They were two separate. They were two separate yeah. thoughts. There was a comma in there. Actually, not even a comma. That was a semi. That was a separate, completely separate. Yeah. The, one was about the character that he played, and the other was about a different character that he played. Sorry. Um. Yeah, Shakespeare is cool. We like Shakespeare. Let's talk about Lois. Superman and Lois. I keep wanting to call it Lois and Clark. You just did a minute ago. Oh shoot! Yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> no, it's a. It's like a. It's so hard not to. Um, I don't understand why they needed to call it Superman and Lois. Um, they should have just called it Superman. Like, there's never been a like. Actually, that's not true. The 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 George Reeves superman tv show was superman but that was like serialized like that was back in the day well they wanted it to have a female in the title because there aren't very many females in the titles of many of these marvel or uh, dc tv series so yeah i yeah i i get that i it's also like it feels like that though every time you have to say superman and lois it's like oh man like (laughs) like it just it feels really really forced um that said, like, like I, like I get it because the show is not about him being Superman. It is not. Um, we're gonna Which get was into unexpected it. and lovely. I really did not pay attention to what was happening with the show before yeah. I before I started watching it, and like I did was vaguely aware that they had kids in the in Supergirl. That there was that plot about her. Okay, here, hold up one second, because I just want to let everybody know this is going to be full spoilers for the first episode. Right. So if you haven't watched it yet it. and you're planning on watching it, yeah. like like walk away now and come back after you've watched it. It's ninety minutes, so it's it is a little bit of an investment. But wait, uh, did but, I not watch the whole thing? Then I definitely only watched sixty minutes of content. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you it didn't. Started uh, and ended. No, I feel like I watched the whole thing. Maybe I just. Yeah imagined it being 60 minutes yeah it's it it's, so it's it's a little bit longer it's a little bit longer but um go watch it come back i will tell you right now that i think we both loved it right is that fair to say i mean i dislike very few things that are superman <laughs> okay so amanda does not have discriminating tastes when it I comes to this subject matter I don't. but i i if i didn't like it i would let you guys know yeah. I, I hope that everybody uh, trust me on that at this point, but uh, uh, yeah, go watch it. Um, and now we're gonna get, we are gonna get into it. Yeah, it is not about him being Superman; it's about him being a dad, right? And yeah. it's Smallville 2.0 uh, is the other component of it, it which is uh, about about the boys, right? Which is such a great, like, let's take all of the nostalgia that we loved from the Smallville series but already have the best parts of superman which is him and his relationship with lois and him being superman and find a way to combine the two things that we have said as an audience that we want over the past 10 years yeah and then make it into a series is 
rad. Like I'm here for this. Like I'm excited for this series. Uh, it, there, there are two things about this series that get me so excited. The first is that we are not covering it. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which this we kind of talked about a little bit on, I think on Twitter or whatever, but I, I, yeah, I, back in the day on quiver, Amanda and I definitely said if they ever did a Superman show in the CW Arrowverse that we would most likely pivot and cover that instead of covering Arrow. Now, Arrow ended and we walked away <laughs> into the sunset, never looking back. Um, the, the lesson that I think we learned on Quiver is that when when and 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 this is true of and i i think this happened when we started doing the crossovers right with everybody the crossover podcast with the rest of the dc tv podcast community um is that everybody hates the show that they cover (laughs) oh yeah or at least they talk (laughs) like they do and the and everybody is jealous of everybody else for covering these other shows except arrow no one was jealous of us (laughs) uh but it was always like oh man i wish i was covering legends of tomorrow that show's actually fun oh man i wish i was covering the flash that sh- they get to do cool stuff on that one right like uh that was sort of the attitude for everything and and, and so it made me sort of reflect on all of the podcasting that i do and like reflect on star wars and 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 arrow and everything else and and think about like man it does kind of when you have to be critical about it, I don't think I enjoyed Star Wars Resistance as much as I would have if I was just watching it for fun, as opposed to I got to watch this because I have to do a podcast, right? So like with that, like I could have not skipped an episode, but like let a couple pile up and then watch them in succession as opposed to having to watch it every week as soon as it aired so that I didn't get spoiled so that I could have the proper mindset to review it later. Right. Like, and then having to do recaps of episodes of a television show that I don't particularly enjoy. Um, like it's, it's sort of like if, if you witnessed a horrific car accident and then a couple days later or like the next day, someone was like, yeah, I'm going to need you to talk about that car accident for like an hour. Is that cool? Like, just kind of talk. Not about what every you saw. episode of Arrow was a car accident. <laughs> no, but just like, just like that feeling of like, I don't want to go back and relive this. I, and yet I have to not only relive this, I have to dissect it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's so much nicer to just get to enjoy stuff and to have this podcast where we can then talk about the stuff that we really, really want to. Like, yeah. I'm also thoroughly enjoying watching WandaVision, which I'm like genuinely watching that every Friday when it comes out. I never watched Arrow, (laughs) like except when we would podcast like right after (laughs) where I would like watch it on the day that it was due. Otherwise I would like wait till the very last minute to like watch Arrow because I just wasn't like excited to watch it, but I'm totally excited. And we still get to podcast about WandaVision on this when we feel like it. I think we're going to do that next week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So next week, next week won't be a regular episode of Thunderquack. Next week will be our first episode of the Thunderquack podcast. Enough said, which is our MCU right. recap show. So I have nothing we'll, to do with naming. Just so everybody knows, yeah. Mike just gets to name stuff whatever he wants. It's, it's his own little world. It's my job. It's the, did it's you the, have a Did you have a name suggestion for our MCU podcast? I mean, if I had a time to think about it and cared. No. <laughs> yeah, so you don't. 
I appreciate I appreciate you for just bringing me along for the ride, but I do feel the need to every once in a while praise you for doing it all yourself. <laughs> um. So yeah, we haven't really talked about WandaVision because we have been saving it. <laughs> I and we're gonna uh, uh, myself, Amanda, and Curtis, I uh, are all gonna come together and do uh, uh, sort of like a deep dive episode, very like dedicated. So it, it it's 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 sort of a podcast within a podcast. It'll be in this podcast feed, so you don't have to subscribe to anything else. Um, but it will be. It won't be the format of Thunderquack, which is no format whatsoever, right? <laughs> uh, it'll it'll actually have uh, a, a bit of a format, and, and we'll have a little bit of a game plan going into it. So, uh, but that'll be that'll be next week, um, and we're gonna talk about the whole series, obviously, um, as if almost basically as if it were a movie. It, it'll it'll be a little bit of like a review slash recap of it as as one holistic story. Um, which I think is a better way to talk about it because because week to week, it just becomes about speculation. It just becomes about what's going to happen next um, and uh, and trying to decode all of these hints and Easter eggs and stuff. And that's fun. Like, I love that. And there's a bunch of podcasts that I listen to right now that do that. Um, what the Fiction is is one of my favorites right now uh, that, that's doing that. But we don't need to. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think it's worthwhile for us to do that. I think that for us, it's better to uh, to to give it the whole uh, the whole view and talk about it. So that's what we're going to do. But um, but in the meantime, yeah. we're going to talk about Superman and Lois right away because we wanted. to. Yeah, well, because this is kind of first impressions, right? And it's a yeah. 17 episode season. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it'll be a little bit of a bigger thing and we'll probably pop in from time to time and, and talk about the show as it goes on. Um, but, uh, but, but I think that the, the point of this conversation right now, I think for me is to just be happy that finally someone is telling a Superman story, uh, a worth telling and B that gets it right. And, um, I mean, there's a little bit of controversy around this series and we'll get into that in a minute, but I, but, but in terms of like what's presented on screen, if that's all you knew about, um, as a Superman fan, I think, I, I think you can't help, but, but be ecstatic about this series right from the get go. I mean, like within that first couple of minutes with, uh, his, his like introduction with the narration and then seeing him recreate the action comics number one uh, what it's not number one but at the action or is it number one maybe it is i uh, 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 the action comics cover this first superman's first appearance with the the holding up the green the car. car right yeah yeah um and he's in the now here's the thing he's not in his comic first appearance costume the costume he's wearing is the Fleischer Superman costume mixed with his first appearance costume because the first appearance S is, is different. It's got like, um, it's much more of like a shield. Like it's kind of got like the little corners cut out of it. If I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, I, I, let me, let me look at action comics. Number one. I was going to say, I again. can't, I can't recall this kind of information. So it, but it might I, be a, yeah the so it's the costume that he's wearing yeah yeah i'm right uh the costume that he's wearing is much more 
uh, inspired by the Fleischer Superman uh, cartoons from from the 1940s, uh, which makes me incredibly happy because that's that's the Superman that I feel like I was first introduced to um, was in those cartoons. We had a, I've talked about this before on other podcasts, but we had the a VHS with all of the Fleischer cartoons on it. And I used to watch that all the time. And that's like the, the mysterious stranger from another world. Like it, it started like that, that whole intro and everything and the, and the, the, the music, like to me, that is sense memory Superman. The second that I hear that, like, I just feel everything that I've ever felt about Superman. And it's why that character is like ingrained in who I am as a person is because of those formative experiences as a kid. Wow. I, and, and like that goes on to, to Lois and Clark watching that with, with my parents, uh, like sort of as a family thing. And I, I, I think I just watched it by myself, like a sad little, (laughs) yeah, sad little human. That's a bummer. I don't think I really um, liked it as much as I did, but and then and then the the Batman animated series going into the Superman realm, Superman animated series, Justice League. I uh, my mom still asserting that Jerry O'Connell is Superman. I uh, at some point, and I'm always like, what? he never played Superman. Where? Who? Where? My mom, she, I I don't know if it's a joke, like if it's a gag. <laughs> Or if she genuinely thinks that Jerry O'Connell played Superman at some point. But when we used to watch the TV show Crossing Jordan, I, which I, linking back to WandaVision, Catherine Hahn was on that. That was the first time I saw Catherine Hahn on anything and was like, she's great. Uh, and was right all the way back then in whatever <laughs> 1990-something year that was. I. Uh, but yeah, like we would be watching. I used to watch that show with my mom. I was a super cool kid as a teenager. <laughs> I watching procedural, I I I series with my mom. I I and I, I, I watched so much TV with my parents. I feel like yeah. I hey well, there's a reason why we're friends. <laughs> I, and uh, and she would like she'd be like, oh, there's Superman, and I'd be like, he's. N- He's never been Superman. He's not a Superman. Now, that said, Jerry O'Connell at a certain point in his career would have made a fantastic Superman. Uh, I love uh, sliders. That was one of my, I will always, I remember very few things well. I just have a bad memory. But I have a visceral memory of the episode of Sliders where they made it back home. And they only have like a minute to decide whether they stay there forever or they leave. And so he decides to test the gate that has always squeaked at his house and it doesn't squeak. And he's like, okay, this obviously isn't our home. We'll continue on our like endless journey. And then the mom comes out and is like, I'm so glad we got that gate fixed. And you're like, no, he made it home and then didn't. I just have this very visceral memory of one episode of sliders. Now. Okay. So I assert, I, somebody somebody said on, on a Facebook group the other day because sliders came up. This was like last week or the week before. I am almost positive that that is the pilot. Really? Like that that's the first episode that because the first episode they 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 test it. They get sucked into the thing. They go to um 
whatever whatever the world is that that what's the character is it remy is that the guy i have no i've again the black guy i remember one thing about sliders and it's very specifically everything i just explained to you um so i like i'm pretty sure that like they go through their whole thing with that first episode and 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 at the end of the episode they go back yeah rembrandt it was his name and they they called him remy but i i they go back or they, they 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 go through back through the the portal or whatever and then he tests the gate or whatever and then and they're like oh i guess it's not and then they go and then yeah the mom comes out with the guy and he's just like oh thanks for fixing the gate um but like my big thing is that i feel like it's been a while since he left so that's why i don't think it's the pilot no it's okay. because it's been a while and she's like oh yeah i'm still missing our son or whatever it is like i feel like it's like a i i definitely Again, I don't remember much about this, but the vi- like the viscerality of it for me is that it's like after a few episodes of them going through and they finally did solve the problem. Yeah. They were able to get back, but then they just. Okay, here it is. In Into the Mystic, they encounter Quinn's double who is able to send them home. On their arrival, they learn that they only have seconds to decide if this is in fact home. The decision rests on a squeaky gate. When it doesn't squeak, the sliders believe that they have not found their home and slide away. And that's the pilot? Uh, so into the mystic. No, it's not. Uh, okay, good. Oh, but this is the season two, episode one. Yeah. So it's, it's like so it's, it's the like, first yeah. episode of season yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Um We're so focused on Superman and Lois, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. We started talking about Jerry O'Connell and I just have yeah. very specific memories of Jerry. Hey, look, we can do a whole episode on Jerry O'Connell at some point too, because <laughs> uh, Jerry O'Connell is just fantastic. I, but yeah, I, Superman and Lois, I, it, it just, the, the showing him in that costume, that, that very like early style Superman costume and having that moment of, um, which I, the line I think is originally from, maybe it's from Superman, the animated series. I can't remember. I, but it's also in one of the comics. I think, I think maybe Superman for all seasons. Um, thanks. My mom made it for me. I uh, is like, that's such a, that's such a, a perfect, um, here that we is, go. My yeah, mom made it for me. Know your meme. That was very cute. <laughs> We're though. doing a lot of Googling on, on this episode. I, do. I, there is there it's yeah, it's in, Superman for all seasons. I uh, where yeah, he he's like this kid is like playing on a ledge and almost falls off and Superman saves the kid and then gives him back his hat and he's like, "Wow, cool costume." And he goes, "Thanks. My mom made it for me." And then flies off. The kid's still on this side of this building cuz kids in Metropolis play on the sides of buildings. Of course. I uh, but it's such a great it is such a great Superman moment. Um I love so it. It is. I will say the the thing that's like the greatest about it is like finding the right Superman. And I do think that there's just so many like little things about the Superman that I love. I didn't know. And again, I don't know the that much about what he was like on Supergirl because I didn't watch all of the stuff that he was in. Um, but I like the idea that him and Sam Lean are like colleagues. 
and that there's mm. a certain amount of gruffness. Like, I don't know if that was something that carries on, if that's just new to the Superman and Lois series or if that's something that carried over from, but I like the idea that after a certain amount of time in their relationship, because this is something that doesn't really ever get explored in any of the Superman stuff that I, the content that I've watched is that like when you're married to somebody for, you know, however many years. Yeah. Right. Like, but that, that, that his family, there's, it's very much like Sam Lane to be like, this is Lois's fault. She married you. So therefore you should continue to be Superman. Like, I love that. It's so in character. And so one of the things I really like about all of this is that they're choosing the right kinds of characters. And like the kid casting was so well done, but also, you know, from the moment that you see the kid, (laughs) you're kind of like, oh, he's the one with power. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's a, it's definitely a telegraphed bait and switch, right? Yeah, like, yeah. but in the best, they, they in lean way into that, it so hard with, with the one sign. Um, yeah, but it's like it makes it, names here. it makes it, like, kind of good because you're like, it's not like it's an yeah. ongoing. It's not like they didn't reveal it in the first episode, so it's like so, fine, you'll give it to them. Yeah. But. Their names are Jordan Kent and Jonathan Kent. Now, Jonathan Kent, that's easy to decipher. He's obviously named after Superman's dad, right? Yeah. After Clark Kent's dad. Uh, Jordan Kent. Do you, do, you, do you know why he's named Jordan? No. Because he's named after Jor-El. Oh, Superman's other dad. Oh, hey. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. cute. I love Isn't it. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, so good. Yeah, so... so they lean into it that like, Oh, Jonathan, he's on the football team. He's, he's, uh, he's the quarterback in his freshman year or something like that. Um, which it's one of the important things there is to, to establish that they are apparently 14 years old. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) These kids do not look 14. Well, I mean, come on though. If we look at the first episode of Smallville TV 14, yeah. Like, you know, the TV 14. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so we, we get that. And, and then I, you know, we get this stuff that, uh, that, that Jordan is, um, uh, he has social anxiety disorder and, and he's, he's, he, he, he's, he's more troubled. But it's like, uh, how do you not know immediately? It's because he has thoughts that he's an alien. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that it's quite that fine a point well, on it. Not, I don't think that not. he realizes any of that. No, until but it's like, later you know, it's the... just messed up. Yeah, yeah. Like. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's yeah, it's obvious. And 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 they're they are also setting up a Clark and Lex Superman and Lex L, like aspect with these brothers. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. If that's not where this goes, I will be very, very surprised um oh yeah and disappointed because that's gotta be what it is so here's this is what i wanted to talk to you about because this is something that if they telegraph it like again it's one of these things you know how we kept watching arrow and in the first episode we're like are they doing it on purpose or are they not doing Mm -hmm. it on purpose Mm -hmm. and it's like i think the more interesting choice with those brothers is to lean into and continue to keep jonathan the good brother and to deal with how do you deal with a brother that has powers that then becomes rogue? So if you you're like like I, oh yeah one hundred percent like that yeah. is such a more interesting choice. But it's and it, because it's the like the the but it's like how, it becomes also like I don't know it just becomes I feel like that's where they're going. But it's also it seems too obvious that they're gonna make Jordan into a bad person. 
Like, I don't know. Like, I just oh, can't. I don't, I don't think that that's the way that it'll go at all. I mean, I, I think, I do think they, they. That, that it'll it, be Jonathan that'll get pushed away and he'll, because, because he's starting off in, as such a good, the good son. And it's like, how do you, how do you like le- lean against like a God or whatever? If you really look at it, if you really look at their behavior in this first episode, and we're, we're reading a lot into a little at yeah, the course. moment. That's, but, what else would we do on this podcast, Mike? But <laughs> if you really look into their behavior and you see that, that Jonathan is motivated by ego and, yeah. and yeah. Jordan is introspective, right? right? And those two things are going to... Now, yeah, this is the... This is the the best part of a Superman story, either one of those personality traits could lead to Lex Luthor. Right. Either one of those personality traits could lead to Superman. Like it, the, it cause there is a huge amount of ego with Superman. There, there, there has to be right. Right. It's, it's wrestling with that ego of, and which is exactly what Superman in this story is doing of like, I have the ability to save the world. Right. But I can't save my own family. Right. Like, right. Yeah. There's a lot of ego in that statement and his relationship with Sam Lane in this, in this incarnation is the, I, I, (laughs) I mean, Sam Lane is the personification of that thought that Superman is a weapon to defend the earth. Right. Right. Yeah. Because General Lane does not care about the man Clark Kent for one second. Yeah. (laughs) He sees Superman as a tool, as 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 a means to an end. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where some conflict is going to come from in this story. It already has in the first episode, but even more so. Like, I, I think it's really I'm, when, you see, when you see the preview for the second episode, it, it it's already going in that direction. And and him saying things like, look, when you married Superman, this is what you agreed to. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. I was like, he, he is definitely at this point, the adversary to Lois. But but he will there will be a turn there will be a point at which he becomes an enemy to clark as well um they're they're working together right now but that can't last there's no way that the dynamic with those two characters is sort of uh uh, preordained it's destined (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like eventually he's going to uh it'll turn out that that general lane has some sort of a weapon in order to fight kryptonians that superman does not know about and of would course. not agree with of course <laughs> right yeah. and they're going to need it in order to fight whoever this guy is that's trying to kill superman so it's there's going to be like this conflict of why do you have this well it's a good thing that i have it and it's like yeah well we're right. going to use it but then we're going to have a conversation about this of course the scene writes itself right yeah. um Cause it's, it's just the way that these stories are told. I, so yeah, I, I, like I, I see that, but, but there's also like that introspective component of Superman of like, with all of this power, like I, I, I have to be responsible. I have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a compulsion to do the right thing because of the power, because he thinks about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that's that's sort of like that's the balance of that character it, it the i am very um happy to know that that is 
on the minds of the writers like that that that's very clear it comes across loud and clear mm-hmm. in this series that that's what it's about it's about what like how do you balance doing good with being good and and right and like where your li- like loyalties lie and yeah. like how you and like that you can fail at something and be good at something else and I don't know I just it just seems like and I'm just kind of like I wonder if it's like the idea of like the setting up the two brothers there's there's really no other story aside from them like becoming adversaries yeah where you're kind of like that's but it really is I think the interesting thing is to do the 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 triple switch where it's like you think that Jordan is going to follow in his father's footsteps to become Superman and that the other brother will like go. Right. But you're like, you set it up where you're like, Oh, what's Jordan going to do to these powers? Cause he's so sulky and moody and not the one to like live up to them. Is he going to live up to them or is he not? I just like the idea that maybe he won't <laughs> like, maybe he'll be yeah. like, how do you fight your own son too? Right. Like when you don't have, like when you have like it, to, I don't know. That you that you release something to the world. I have no idea. That's probably not the best choice. It's probably not where they're going, but I still think. Uh, I mean, I could see it. I could see it getting there. I don't think it's going to get there in season one or two. But if if this show goes on for ten seasons, it'll get there. Uh, (laughs) Look, that's fair. We had to. (laughs) There are a lot of stories we had to tell on Smallville in order to get ten seasons out of that show. I mean, Uh, there's a whole season with Doomsday. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a whole season with Lana and Lex being married. Ugh, exactly. Gross. Uh, yeah, and her having a real pretend baby, that's still unclear to me. Yeah. Uh, Whatever happened weird. with that baby? It Anyways. wasn't a real baby. It wasn't a real baby. It was a fake but, baby. But, but it did exist because didn't he do an experiment with it or something? No, I don't think it ever existed. I don't know. Let's not. It's been so let's long not since crack I've watched open the Smallville door. Yeah. I, can I just say how frustrating I am that Lana's husband is so clichedly villainous? Like it's like you can't even like pretend. Like it's like why do you have to make him so unlikable? Like just the moments where it's like, does he have to be so disparaging to like like his comment about like oh women in the house? Blah, blah. Like it's like really. You can't make like like La- I don't like Lana's yeah. character. Why you you're 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 making Lana's character worse by having that guy? It's like who in their right mind? It also brings Superman down. Like she she dated him in the past. Like he felt like she was a good partner to have at one point in time. What the yeah. heck is her like? I think we have a lot of story opinion. left to tell. There's there. ugh, there's so much, but it just also is like yeah. It's so obvious, which is maybe a good place to shift and, and pivot into more negative things. We'll cover them really quickly and then go back into all the love. But we should, can we just like, I want to talk about the the Black Lives Matter thing a little bit. And to do that, yep. we can't avoid the Nadira Tucker comments about Superman and Lois. Because yep. now that you've shared this article with me, um, just about the um, for, former like producer and writer, I guess, that was like released from her contract, I'm using air quotes as a producer and a writer from Superman and Lois, some of the stuff that she's commenting on where she's like, she feels like parts of the reasons was because she would be um, bringing up that there was like a lot of me too moments, like flagging them in the dialogue, like for jokes in the dialogue and like making sure that it was passing the Bechdel test and all of these things that are really like good that should be done. And now I can't help but look back on the episode with that lens and be like, Oh yeah, 
there sure were a lot of moments where you're like, was it really super necessary for him to have a super sexist joke about his family? <laughs> like, uh, like there's maybe better ways for him. Like it just, it does. I don't know. So again, being like, what is it that like the, that writers are like, or that show creators are wanting to put in their series and how they move it forward. And it's like, maybe there are choices that you can make that are stronger. And like, maybe, yeah, the motivation for powers to come out was protecting a woman that you kissed without consent. And then you got beat up with because the only thing that would start a fight around a bonfire is a pretty girl. Like it, there's, there are, I can totally see it now. And I, and this is like, this is totally what our after credits like conversation is about is like, how do you go into stuff and you separate like the art that you love from the, the like controversy or from the things that are important about it. And it's just like, we can still really love the Superman and Lois pilot, mm -hmm. but it does help to sort of deconstruct it a little bit and be like, would it, would it have made it any like better to maybe just find different ways of getting there narratively that didn't require using women as props <laughs> in so many ways. Right. Or in, and I don't know, I don't know what you think about that, but I just, a, a, after I read, like literally Mike just shared this article with me right before we started podcasting. So I haven't really had time to deconstruct. I'm deconstructing it while I'm talking to you uh, about, about the episode. And so those are just my initial thoughts on that, where I do look back on the pilot and I'm kind of like, uh, really did it pass the Bechtel test? Like I can't even like, like now going backwards and being like, it shouldn't be that hard. Like add some more female characters into your, like, yeah. I don't know. There's just a few. I, I, I think, I think a pilot is hard to judge on, uh, alone. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I, because mm -hmm. like we are, we're establishing, this world and these characters that when you really break it down, there aren't a lot of characters in this first episode um, for uh, for a series, <laughs> right? Like obviously in the next episode, we're, we're going to get introduced to a larger world. This is, this is sort of our first step into it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at the Bechdel test as like the be all end all. And I don't think that, that, I, no, that people that's that talk it about it don't, like it's that. not the be but, all end all for sure. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, I just always have to say that whenever it gets brought up because, because I want people to know that like, that's, that's sort of the context that we're talking about this in is that like, it is, it is one of many things to measure by, um, because you can certainly have feminist stories without passing the Bechdel test. It's not a, it's 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 not but it's the only also thing. a bare but minimum it should not take much to pass the bechdel test. it shouldn't like it, it shouldn't yeah yeah um i think I, I i i can see the show getting there eventually but i but it does need to introduce a few more characters we do need a larger world for these these people to live in um i think i think this stuff is unavoidable um i I think that that uh, I I kind of made the joke to you when we started recording tonight of like you know this is it's at every level of every production and that's kind of due to the fact that men are just awful like white men are terrible I say that as a white man like it's just a uh, uh, cisgendered heterosexual white men have have decided that the rest of the world conforms to their worldview and that means that uh this other stuff doesn't get thought about 
and as much. It's just yeah, it's not as prominent. Yeah, like the 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 studio system is built to support the assertion that I just made, and I and and the 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 power system in our society in the West is definitely built on these ideas, and so we are now in in the the era that we're living through like these are the growing pains of dismantling that system and i think that there's a little bit of impatience on the part of our generation and certainly the generations coming after us to just get past this right because we're and I'm speaking in very broad, very general terms, but as, as a generation, like we're aware, right? We're to use the, the, the nomenclature we're woke. Right. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's very difficult, I think, to live in the midst of that change. Um, especially because we are a generation that, that comes after the, the, the civil rights movement. Right. Like we're we're even really after, uh, uh, you know, gay rights and that sort of stuff, like like had its massive shift in the 80s. So we've grown up in a world, not a perfect world, obviously, by any stretch, but we've grown up in a world where there is a conversation about these things. And it's mostly I want to say positive. That's my perspective. Uh, it's good th- that, that it's happening for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, like we grew up with episodes of Boy Meets World that talked about racism, <laughs> right? Right, like, at least, yeah. Like we, to, yeah. like, like we grew up with TV shows that addressed these issues as opposed to the generations before us that didn't have those things, right? So um, I think like we look at that and we, we want to be better than we are. And so something like this comes out and and I think that that there's a there's like a knee jerk reaction from from some groups of like, well, then boycott the show. Right. And it's like, well, I like like I think that we have to have this conversation. I think that we need to talk about what's happening with the CW and and with these shows. I mean, like, look, put all the posters up. There's one thing that 90 percent of these shows have in common and it's white people front and center on all of these shows every story is a white story with the exception of the ones that are very clearly uh there for the sake of representation and that doesn't make black lightning a bad show but it does sort of raise a red flag about the way that the cw thinks about this stuff because they don't think of inclusion and diversity as something that needs to be in all of the shows. They think that they can have black lightning, which is a show about black characters uh, from a black perspective. And then, and then we did it. Check the box. Like you just said, Um, black lightning is canceled by the way. Uh, It's it's, this is its last season, which I think is what it's third. Um, So it really didn't, didn't get as much of a chance as, something like arrow which like let's let's point out the great big white elephant in the room arrow was a garbage show for most of its run it wasn't great it wasn't like it just it it didn't justify its existence past season three right 
and sure we got to good stuff season five was a lot of fun we really liked it right prometheus and and yeah uh, yeah that was good and all that stuff like 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 there are highlights in those later seasons and we were along for the ride for better or worse did that show need to exist past season two no it didn't it didn't and it wore out its welcome and a lot of people dropped off and it 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 kind of became the the running joke of like wow this show is still on no one's watching it and and people being like oh man i guess i got to get caught up on arrow in order to watch this crossover and it's like no you really don't <laughs> like just just go read a wiki cuz you don't need to watch all these episodes yeah um but and I mean- and why because Stephen Amell looks good on a poster honestly like that's why and that's not Stephen Amell's fault like I'm not well, pointing well, at but him but also but- I will say though I, I feel like there was some people watching it like there's a certain amount of like sure. bland content that hits a hits a denomination where it goes sort of like out there into the universe and I don't know I I will so talking specifically though about what you're talking like just to 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 lean into that conversation before we completely depart from it um the stuff in vancouver we are very privileged to have a very busy industry right now um i think it i mean it has to do like we're taking covid so seriously and there's a lot of stuff in place but we're able to open back up in other ways that other parts of the industry are not able to and it is such a bit we are shooting so many shows here and a lot of stuff from the cw got picked up again which means there's work for another year for lots of people anyways there's been a big controversy recently with one of the like a smaller production so it's not an ongoing series but it's just like a like a one-off uh like like tv like true crime thing um that's being shot here and a crew member on set was wearing a black lives matter t-shirt and somebody in production decided that it was okay for them to approach that person and tell them that what they were wearing was inappropriate because it was too political and ask them to remove it. Um, This obviously, I mean, there's lots of articles if people want to look up uh, like the details of what's going on. There's since been apologies and all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, this person obviously didn't feel safe on a set like that where they're being told that they're, that the things that they value are not, are considered controversial and when it really, it's not a political statement. Right. So the, or I mean, it, 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 I guess it is a political statement, but it's in no way something that is offensive or is in any way a type, like there's nothing that's mandated in like in the, what they wear as long as they're being safe in the, in the garb that they are, that they are wearing. So anyways, there's been a whole backlash in the Vancouver community, obviously in support of, uh, of people, um, you know, standing up for their own beliefs, uh, for, for things that matter. And, and especially for the black lives matter movement and, and, you know, raising that flag about, the lack of diversity in many of the on-screen things that are that are shot here. Um, there was a call for everybody to wear their Black Lives Matter apparel to set today. So it's stuff that like is not without consequence. And the the greatest part about it is that production details are available to anybody who wants to see them. And they were all over my Facebook where people were like naming the the person and with their phone number and being like, call this person, tell them it's not okay. It was great. And to see that sort of 
outcry from the community being like, this is not okay. How do we stand up for this? And all of the actual organizations in, in Vancouver, like UBCP, so the Actors Union and the like IATSE, I think IATSE did something as well, but like the, the unions actually being like, this is also not okay. Like a lot of the actors on set, when they got wind of what had happened with the crew member in solidarity, they like were reaching out to their agents being like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable on a show that doesn't value um, yeah. diversity and like, it was it was really inspiring to see it and and that they couldn't get away with not addressing it and so um which is which is awesome and I will say shout out to I I didn't watch the Golden Globes much of them I turned on a little bit of them but Tina Fey and Amy Poehler straight up called out the Hollywood Foreign Press Association for not having any having any black members and it just is like there is and and it's like that's the golden globes is a hollywood foreign press event like that is what it is and yeah. they stood up there and said this is not okay do better and i just I, you know the the more people say that the more hopefully it sinks in and when it comes back again to superman and lois we can't dismiss that important part of the conversation that like yeah like a black female producer and writer was let go from a show from talking about how important it is to continue to have diversity make it into the stories that they're telling. Yeah. And so it's just a flag. It's a flag that we have to be aware it's, of when we're yeah, talking about the Yeah, it's it's but it, like it's I think I think with the CW it's a it's it's a it's a pattern, right? Because yeah. I mean like you go back to the Flash and 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 you look at the way that the character of Iris West was was portrayed and or is being portrayed uh, and and now finally I guess in season six the, the one that's that's airing now I uh, or starting soon um, she Candace Patton can finally have natural hair <laughs> like she oh, doesn't wow. have to have like yeah. straightened I uh, uh, you know Hollywood hair I I which is a like I mean like these are conversations that have to happen Um it's difficult, I think, for a couple of white people to have them, but but it is like we can't just talk about this show about Superman and Lois and and skate past this stuff um, without bringing it up because I think it is important to to contextualize the the environment that this that this media is created in um, because if we don't if we don't have a conversation about it nothing changes. And I don't, I don't want it to be like this for for uh, people of color and and I, you know, uh, LGBTQ and and like like all of like these marginalized groups that that have been fighting so hard just to to get the same representation that someone like me is lucky enough to just accidentally stumble into constantly i i make the joke all the time it's like i am i am the default character creator setting uh when you're playing a video game with like character creation like you set it to male and it's just like yeah it's a white guy with brown hair yeah. uh glasses beard medium build ish like <laughs> like it's just like i couldn't be more what what hollywood and and western society considers like the default and it's kind of gross that that exists like that that thought process exists that it's like oh there's an average human being and that average human being looks like a very specific person um because it's not representative of the world that we live in you know i and and so 
it's just a matter of of telling the CW I uh, that they that they have to do better, <laughs> that they can't sideline these characters when it gets difficult, uh, that they have to listen to these actors. Um, and, and for my money, any good production integrates the actor into the character after a certain amount of time. Like like it, when you really yeah. look at it and look yeah. at shows that run for a long time aspects of the performer end up baked into the character. It's, it's a little bit harder, I think to do with something like comic books because they're established characters, but also I do think that we're finally getting to the point with comic book storytelling that people realize even, even the general audience is beginning to understand multiverse theory and the idea that this is one version of the story. Right. That that we can have I mean they've they've announced a new Superman movie coming, uh that that's in product that unfortunately JJ Abrams is producing. I say that because, you know, like I don't I don't want him to do to Superman what has happened to some other stuff. But, but uh But you could get one of the gold JJ Abrams. There's nuggets in there sometimes. It, he's really good at the, on the first try. He's yeah. really good at the first at so bat. Just let, he let doesn't do know how once. to stick the landing. Let yep. him do it once and then but, walk but away. I, 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 now again, I, I, this happened when we when we when we talked about him before. Tanahisi Coates, I is the screenwriter for this new Superman project. I the the um the rumor is that it's going to be a black Superman. And we just talked last week about uh, a, a Latino Supergirl, right? Like the, we're we're getting to a to a place where these characters can be more than they are on the page. Like they they can they can be reinterpreted in this way, which I'm I'm ecstatic about personally. Like that's my perspective on it. I think that that's great because like, let's open this stuff up. But back when there was the campaign for Donald Glover to be Spider-Man before Andrew Garfield got cast, right. There was like the whole thing of like, like, you know, make Spider-Man black. And there was no reason that you couldn't. And in fact, in my opinion, you, you actually open up this whole other Avenue with that character to, re-explore the stuff that Stan Lee was exploring with that character when he was created, right? About, about being like being an everyman, uh, uh, you know, poverty versus, you know, the, the haves and the have nots sort of thing. Like there was all this stuff that, that they could have explored. And obviously Marvel finally figured that out and they created Miles Morales out of that whole thing. Um, and now Miles Morales is the star of his own franchise of Spider-Man movies that are arguably the best Spider-Man <laughs> movies. Like we yep. don't know. We haven't seen the second one yet, but, but, but that first one into the Spider-Verse is, is the best Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and it's about a black Spider-Man. So, um, and the, and the core central message of that movie is anyone can wear the mask. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I think the CW has some catching up to do. I, I, uh, but I think why, that there why are, is it that we always compare it to Marvel? Where we're like, look at what Marvel's doing over here. Yeah, I, up, and that, but that's Sony Marvel. So like, yeah, let's look, let's put it into that's into fair. perspective. It's Sony Marvel, who is usually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they usually do the bad thing. Yeah. Um. Somehow they manage to make Venom into a good movie, but Morbius, I, I don't have high hopes for. Um. 
uh, Black Cat and uh, what, what I think it's supposed to be Black Cat and Sable is one of the other movies that they're supposed to be making. And it's like, I, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, anyways, I, yeah, I, I think, I think that you like, it's a paradox. It's a contradiction because you have to look at it and you have to go like the CW as a studio as, as a, as a network, really, they uh, make some questionable choices and some, some problematic choices, but then the individual productions that they green light often contain within them some very progressive uh, uh, writers and producers. Right. And so we get some really great stuff. I mean, like going back to the first two seasons of arrow I mean, the first season in particular, like that for the first season of arrow ha- had a lot of diversity for a CW show, particularly in 2012. Right. Right. Oh, wow. Um, that was so long ago. I mean, like Janina Gavankar was the first love interest introduced on that show i don't remember her character's name but she was the cop right the the detective that he dated for a little bit and then she left the show i i mean like like that you had your your white male lead dating i i i an indian actress right like like an indian character so um i I say south asian because i don't know that they ever specified on the show but um like, like there, there are progressive things that have happened and, and we have had some really great steps forward on the CW stuff that, that should be celebrated. Like, um, like, uh, our, our first on screen, I think our first on screen trans superhero on Supergirl, right? I think like, so, yeah. yeah. like, like cool stuff has happened. So this is for me like the the not throwing the baby out with the bathwater part of the conversation where it's like right. I don't want to judge Superman and Lois as a whole on on this one thing. I do want to judge this one thing about it, right? Like like the 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 way in which uh Nadria Tucker was dismissed is problematic and requires a a conversation at the least and and preferably an investigation in the same like the same aspect of what's happening with justice league and joss whedon and and the and the producers of that and talking about like like an independent third party needs to come in and needs to find out what is the problem here that led to this outcome so that this can't happen again? Um, I don't know that, that, that we're going to get that from the CW. I, I, and that's disappointing, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it like it should happen. So I don't know. I think we, I think we can kind of veer back towards <laughs> talking about the, the actual show um, and less about the production, but that's sort of my, my takeaway from it. That that was a, that was a lot. I hope we, we made there's there's a lot. So we're gonna something resembling it, a point. We'll but. sandwich it with some more fun things. I'd love to know yeah. what you loved the most about the pilot because I feel like it just to end on something fun. Yeah. For like um, what it was. I mean, I think that the easy answer is what I talked about already, that 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 one moment with Superman. Right. Um but but I think if it if that moment were in it and that were that was it, 
then I, I don't think I would be as excited about this show as I am. Um, it's the fact that like they opened with that, but they followed through, um, with this characterization of Superman as a father. I, uh, and obviously m- me being where I am at in my life, like, right. <laughs> I already said it, the Hollywood caters to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And 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 here I am uh, with uh, a four and a half year old and an eighteen month old, I uh, and the 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 Hollywood gods have decided that now is the best time to tell a story about Superman being a dad. <laughs> like right. yeah. like this didn't happen before for some reason. I mean, like there have been other stories about Superman being a dad, but but the fact that they've kind of like doubled down on it in this way, and that it's really the focus of his story in the show it's like what's the responsibility to his kids his wife uh to the world um and and how does he balance all of that stuff and it's like huh these are things that really uh relate to my daily struggles uh and they're put in this very palatable form of tyler hocklin playing in my opinion so far one of the best interpretations of superman um yes yeah i mean like like thanks my mom made it for me and that (laughs) smile yeah it that is every bit as good as i as as like the the going up moment in superman the movie i i when when he rescues lois like (laughs) like the i yeah i general zod care to step outside like 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 I think that Tyler Hawkland's going to go down as in history as as one of the best people to put on this this costume, um, and 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 this interpretation has the potential to be one of the better ones as well. So I'm just excited to see more of that. I don't. I'm I'm not particularly uh, uh, jazzed about Elizabeth Tulloch as as Lois yet, but I want to. I, I, I want, I want to, to give like her. her the room yeah. to, to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really hope that this show does not just relegate her to the wet blanket role Yeah, because in this first episode, she is very much the wet blanket that has to constantly remind everybody about Superman's actual responsibility to his kids. Yeah. I hope that, 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 that them, making the decision to stay in Smallville and him saying, I need to focus on this. I need to be more present is sort of not the end of that storyline, but like the end of that phase of the story. Like we established this Lois told him that he needed to do this stuff. Okay. Let's get away from the nagging wife trope and let her be Lois Lane. Um, And, 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 and I really sincerely hope that uh, that one of I mean they, they've really really set up this Morgan Edge thing mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a a, a that, worthy rival for Lois yeah that she'll be able to like do some good and and keep because yeah. it's like she wasn't fired from the planet like she should exactly. still be a reporter and be able to do stories I'm hoping and... that she quits I hope oh, that yeah. she quits and that she's like I can do just as much good. I'm Lois Lane. I don't need the Daily Planet. Right. And the day like I want I want there to be a conversation about 
the fact that the daily plan, and she's already said that like it, they, they've, they've driven it into the ground. Right. Um, the fact that there's no Perry is, is a, like, there's no Perry white. That's a, that's a, that is a big, I, I, for Superman fans, like that's a big indicator of where the daily planet is in relation to the Superman story. Um, they haven't established where this is in relation to the rest of the CW shows, which I think is really interesting because it kind of, if, if the continuity, and it doesn't matter because, because the, the, the crisis happened and everything changed. But I, I think they need to, I think they need to address it at some point. They need to talk about it because in the pre-crisis version of the Arrowverse, because uh, it wasn't, they weren't in the Arrowverse. They were in their own. Right. Superman and Lois just had a kid. <laughs> they yeah. just had yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah. child, not twins. Yeah. I um, wondered, that's what I was like. I'm like pretty yeah. sure it was just one. So it's like, this is different, right? So this is different. And it's also, they are much older, which means that Superman and Lois are much older, which means that they are a lot further along in their story. Yeah. than. So like, to me, it's like, everything's already happened, right? Like, right. like Lex yeah. has already been dealt with. Metallo is a thing that they, like a person that they fought in the past. Maybe doomsday has already happened in this version of the story. Like, like uh, it'll be interesting to see how much of that they talk about and, and how much of that comes up um, and how much of that has not happened yet. Or that um, I'd be really okay if they didn't deal with it at all. Like if it just was like, yeah, different. I think that it's I think that that it's important for placing the character and where he's at in his life. Like, is I, he supposed to be the same one as the one from Supergirl? Yeah, yeah, of course he is. It, but it's post crisis, so post crisis means that everything is different, right? So that right? they had twins instead of one kid, and but like, he's also he's also one of the Paragons, right? Oh, I mean, so like going would... back to. To right. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh gosh, I have blocked that out of my brain. Right, I forgot so, so and they established that at the end that like the next the next crossover is the Justice League, right? Um, actually, that just happened. I think today or yesterday that that um, I it's like a previously on or something like that, and they've got the shot from the end of the the Crisis crossover. Um, with the seven of them, only Batwoman has been erased from the thing. And Martian Manhunter moved over so that there's no gap, uh, because oh, yeah, Ruby Rose yeah. is not a part of the show anymore, and it's and it's changed, right? I, which which is interesting and a little bit a little bit odd. Again, again, weird stuff at the CW. A weird decision to make to be like. Let's just pretend like this didn't happen, but we know it happened. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just you can't just erase it and hope that everybody forgets um, and doesn't ask the question of why Ruby Rose isn't part of this universe anymore. But because um, uh, obviously there's there's more going on there than we are privy to. Uh, but whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, he is definitely that Superman. But the question of I mean, like with Supergirl ending this season as well, uh, there is the question of like, is that ending? Because then they, because, because they want to avoid asking questions about like, 
well, when are Supergirl and Superman going to cross over? Or so that they can come back and be like, right. Supergirl can can do a guest spot on Superman and Lois. Uh, like Melissa uh, Benoist can, can, can come in and be an older version of the character, right? Um, and establish that like this is years after that stuff. I like I don't know. It th- that's kind of a question for me. Like that's a big question mark. Um, because the other part of it is like, well, I didn't necessarily like John Cryer as Lex for Supergirl. Like like I think that he did a great job on that show. Yeah. Um, I'm not caught up, but but I but but from what I what I saw, I, I'm like I, I think that he did do a good job of that. I'm way more interested in seeing him against this Superman now, right? Like like and yeah. not necessarily Tyler Hoechlin Superman from from before this series, but the one that we have now seen in Superman and Lois, and having John Cryer as that older version of Lex facing off against this older, wiser, uh, uh, more mature version of Superman, like I, that I'm down for. So there's, there's like good and bad to all of this, I think. Uh, and uh, it, it'll just be interesting. To... It'll be interesting to see how, how they choose to play it out, what elements they choose to keep and what elements they choose to change. Cause they can honestly, they can change whatever they want because of the post crisis nature of it. Um, because they have the perfect out of like, yeah, well, that happened. That's that's continuity from before crisis happened, right. and it's like, okay, that's that's a valid answer. Um, as much as it's a valid answer, as it's ever been in a valid answer in in comic book storytelling of like, well, we rebooted the world, so that thing that we used to have to be beholden to, we no longer have to be beholden to. So, right, we're gonna do whatever we want. So, I don't know. What's your favorite thing from this from from the first episode? I've been trying to like like knock around in my head all of the different yeah. things that I like about, but I think I just love the aesthetic of small like of coming like figuring out what it what the show was and being like, yeah. yes, I'm in for Smallville 2.0. Like because again, the thing that I missed in Smallville, like the thing if I could have gone back and changed it is to have more Lois and Clark. <laughs> Like that's the interesting part of Superman to me, but yeah. I also kind of liked what Smallville did and just being able to like explore different kinds of stories there. Um, so I like, I like their, I like that they could do, they could do some interesting stuff there, but I will, I will say I'm interested to explore the, the Lois Clark Sam dynamic, like, or like general, like the, the, her dad and yeah. like how that sort of is like, it, it seems like an interesting you know, the, it, it accomplished what it should do in a pilot, right? It set up all the little beats that we're going to be watching for through the first like season. And it's like all the like different like antagonists and how they, how they get through it and that they let Superman succeed, right? Like they have the thing about the uh, reactor and he gets to save the day. Right. And so you get to watch him save the day and then come back to his family. Yeah. Because then he gets to not save the day. Like it just becomes like more problematic from the second. So it's kind of good. Like, I just like that they, that we got like a fully fleshed out, like we get to start the story, like in media res, basically that I love that you take these characters and it's not like another origin story, but at the same time, it's an origin story for like Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I, I just like that to be able to have tonally all the things I love from Superman and not having to start from scratch. 
but being able to I, like start in the middle of it and go forward. You know what I love? I love a Superman story that isn't reliant on a freak of the week model. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They, they we're hopefully fingers crossed, never going to have to have the conversation of like, man, weird stuff sure does happen in Smallville a lot. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Smallville framed it perfectly of like, Hey, meteor rocks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I'm really hoping that because Superman is Superman and he doesn't have to be tied down to this one geographic location that the store, like the, the fantastical part of the story can come from anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, It'll be drawn to Smallville because of his presence there, which I think is something that'll be fun for them to explore as well, which is like Superman decides to settle down in Kansas and now all of a sudden Smallville, Kansas is the epicenter of a bunch of massive superhero fights. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> right. Like, is he a lightning rod for this stuff? Because that's the nature of storytelling is that right. you, you, in order to have conflict, you, you move your character out of the, the place where they have all the conflict, i.e. Metropolis and all, and, and trouble follows them. Right. Right. I, so it'll be interesting to see them wrestle with that. But I think that, that, hopefully for the teenage storylines it can focus on a little bit more realistic teenage angst uh as opposed to um the super heightened teenage angst mixed with meteor freaks uh <laughs> that smallville had right like I, I i would love to see them deal with superpowers in a similar way that the Power Rangers movie did from a few years ago where it's like these these teenagers have real problems they also happen to be superheroes, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the the fact that they are superheroes is not the problem. It's actually the escape from the problems that they have as teenagers. And I really hope that we get a similar sort of thing here of like uh, uh, Jordan having issues that are his own and that being a superhero or, or having powers uh, is... Uh, a complication at times, but more often just an aspect of who he is um, and not, not the source for the drama. Cause yeah, like that, it gets so tired. Like how many times can he, you know, laser a wall? Cause he's horny. Uh, <laughs> Cause Smallville did that. And it granted it's one of the best episodes of the series. Right. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, is that the one with the like sex ed video? And yeah. he like, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh man. Early. Yeah, and he has to learn to he has to learn to control it. I it's got that it. great Oh man, it's got that great scene with him and 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 Jonathan and they're standing out in the field and he's like Jonathan set up the scarecrow and he's like, just uh you know, what whatever whatever you were thinking about when it <laughs> when it happened before, just try and do that again and he's kind of he kind of like looks at him and he's like cool yeah i'll i'll go stand further away from you <laughs> like because it's just this awkward moment of like having to tell your dad that <laughs> you shoot lasers out of your eyes when you huh, yeah i don't it, it, i have a question for the thunderquack audience how many kids are listening to this podcast? I don't think that many. I think this is an adult audience and we shy away from adult conversation sometimes. 
Um, and sometimes we lean into it and I'm afraid of saying the word erection on the podcast. And I don't think that I should be because I think that our audience is okay with that. <laughs> Can I just I, say that? L- let was, me know. There's a great, yeah, because you, you said the word erection. And so now I have to say that there's this great meme that keeps coming up on my Pinterest where it's like being a parent is weird. I have to teach my son that vagina is not a bad word but that he also has to find a different name for his hamster. <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> that is parenting in 2021. Yeah, Look, basically. having to having to having to have a conversation with your kid about the appropriate times when they are allowed to explore themselves. Right, yeah, and the appropriate yeah. time being not when I'm in the room. <laughs> I oh, I yeah, and I think that that's a moment that that is that is not something that our parents' generation, I think, had to deal with. I think that that came in between generations of like this, this like that sort of like sex positive ideology of like, right. and I haven't had to have that conversation yet. Um, so I'm not embarrassing Cara or Cassie uh, at the moment, um, but just knowing that like that is somewhere in my future of like hey and it's on your radar, on your own time kid yeah, like you have to like yeah like i'm not because because you have to have the conversation about it by say, like you have to say like hey that's a totally natural and okay thing and and i have no problem with it but also i have a real problem with this happening right <laughs> yeah. now so stop it yeah i right. how do you balance those things yeah. you know um and how do you do it when you're superman and it involves heat vision right. um yeah. I don't i'm looking I, yeah I am really looking for wait, what day does this show wear on? When did I tell you you had to watch yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, is it Mondays? <laughs> like, I have I have zero idea. <laughs> I was I no, it wasn't because obviously we were recording a podcast. Or, but, but we didn't. We when didn't, did I tell you? When did you I tell told you? Me too, I feel like I told you on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. I told you on Wednesday, so it must have aired on Tuesday, February twenty third. Yes, that was a Tuesday. So, yeah. so tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, or tonight as you're episode. listening to this or maybe yesterday because that's how podcasts work right and uh, dating ourselves in time is not a helpful thing usually yeah. um, oh can i i will say though um i'm excited for the the lana casting i didn't i like as much as i like i don't want to hate lana <laughs> we're like, predisposed to it I'm because of to hate lana baggage but, but i quite yeah. like the emmanuel i have no idea how you say her last name but like because she was in um entourage and i quite liked her in entourage and yeah i think she i think she's a great act like i saw her name come up in the opening credits and i was like oh cool who's she gonna play and then i had this like tingling sensation where i was like ah crap she's gonna be lana isn't she and i just and then like you <laughs> see her coming up and you're like damn it i was right Anyway. Oh, um, she's Canadian. Woohoo. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah, I I really want to I want to I want to see where this show is going. I yeah. want it all now. Yeah. Um but I uh, like I want to be able to binge it, but also it's so much better not binging. I'm kind of done with binging. I need I'll, I need something to keep me going weekly. Yeah. I have Sunday nights John Oliver. And I have Friday's WandaVision, so now I'm kind of nice to have something during the week that I can enjoy. Well, WandaVision is done after this week, but then oh, it's cool. a one week break. It's and a one week break, and then it's Falcon and Winter I was Soldier. Say Falcon so. and Winter Soldier, so that'll be good. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this show. You got anything else to say? Nope. I think we've covered. We did it. A lot of things. Uh, we've been talking for about two hours, so wait, I'm good. That's I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I uh, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. I uh, I hope I hope that that because I feel like my recording last night for the 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 Patreon exclusive episode was a little bit meandering and I didn't really make a point. And I feel like maybe I did that again tonight. But what? no, um, we made we made so many points. It's all good. Did Keep, we? Okay. I, yeah. I, I I hope that the audience feels that way as well. Um, hey, can it's you? T- I'm, here's the thing. I'm a little bit exhausted talking about this sort of stuff because I don't know how many times I can phrase don't be a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because that's much. what it comes down to. Like, look at the person across from you and just treat them with the same respect that you want to be treated with, regardless of the color of their skin or what gender identity they have uh, or where they are in their journey with their sexuality. Like, just be cool, man. Just treat <laughs> people like human beings. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Even if a person comes up to you and says, I don't want to be treated like a human being. I want to be treated like a dog. You'd be like, cool. I'm going to respect your human right to tell me that. There Which maybe sounds sure. a little bit judgmental. But, you know, like like I think that we just all got to kind of be cool because like it, life is hard enough, uh, especially right now. <laughs> in the midst of a global pandemic, we don't need to be making it harder on each other by worrying about things that should not separate us, you know? And I'm just, I'm just exhausted with having that conversation. That's right. Uh, so uh, on that note, thank you guys for having that conversation with us yet again. Yet um, again. And you know, but, you know uh, what you're in for. That's what, this is what this yeah. podcast is. So, yeah. um, and we appreciate you all for listening and supporting. Uh, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week with, with our first episode of, of our MCU podcast uh, to talk about WandaVision. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, I guess we will see you next week, but mm-hmm. in a different format. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.